everybody. I'm Kate Conroy. I'm Vanessa Vitello. And this is Other People's Business, which is a podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the country, representing about a million jobs in the state of New Jersey. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, shout out to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, and they are the official sponsor of the show, so check them out if you need some updated coverage. Awesome. With that out of the way, just a couple housekeeping matters before we get started. This show is available anywhere you can get a podcast. That's iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's TuneIn. We throw these things up on YouTube if you'd rather watch than listen. But if you are listening or, hey, if you're watching, show the show some love. Give it that five-star review on iTunes. Comment on YouTube. Comment on Facebook. Give it a like, whatever. Just let us know that you're watching and that you're happy with the show. So with that out of the way, our guest today from Sobelco is Sally Glick. Sally, say hi. Let the audience hear your voice. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> We're so glad you're here. You've we been are, a part and... of so many of these podcasts, but I, you've never yet been a guest, so we're thrilled to have you. <laughs> I was going to say, we had Rebecca Fitzhugh and Brad Muniz on the show, and um, Sally was in the background watching while we were doing it. That's right. And then w when we had our 75th show live, it was basically with Sally at her executive women's group, and it was amazing. It was fun. Never done anything quite like it before. So. Us either. <laughs> yeah, I'll see there. Yeah. So anyway, um, so today's icebreaker is what are you currently binging? And it can be movies, TV, books, or food. Uh, my favorite answer to this question is still eggs from Rachel Durkin of Paradigm Marketing and Design. <laughs> so Sally, what are you binging? Um, I've been watching The Crown. I never saw it, missed a whole bunch of episodes, and I love that time in history and. Um, so I've been paying close attention to that. It's kind of fun, you know, you never, during the normal course without COVID, you don't have much time. And all of a sudden you have hours and hours in the evening or at least on the weekends. So. Yeah, I hear that, I hear that. What time period does The Crown take place in? Cause I thought it was kind of within our lifetime-ish. So it, it started earlier, but it is going through and right now this, the episodes that just ended, um, Diana and the, um, Charles are still married but it is clear that it won't be for long. So she's still alive. Spoiler and, alert, right? <laughs> sorry. I hated to tell you. I don't want to be the one to tell you. <laughs> That's not really a spoiler, Sally. It's don't let him give you this problem with reality. You already know the storyline. <laughs> it's true, but it doesn't make it less fun. I love The Crown. I love it for the history, even though I know that it's not always historically accurate. And I love it for the clothes. Oh, my gosh. I could mm. watch the fashion all the live long day. So do you do you like reading books like Sense and Sensibility and yeah. um, Emma Pride uh, yeah Pride and Prejudice that whole yeah. so I went with my daughter to Bath in um, England when we went on a vacation once together and I'm walking and looking and she's like Mom those are all make believe characters if you're looking for someone from Pride and Prejudice to pop out Jane Austen is long dead and they weren't real I was. That's exactly what I was doing, waiting for those characters to start walking. <laughs> Don't let her crush your dreams. I was in Bath as well, and I kept waiting. <laughs> I love those books. Um, Vinny, what are you binging? I'm trying to get through the uh, the Best Picture nominees for the Oscars. Um, wow. Usually I'm done with this by now, but usually the show is on by now. I guess everything got delayed because of COVID or whatever, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's both easier this year and harder. It's easier in the sense that they're all, or almost all of them are available through streaming services, but 
a little harder just because I don't really have the time to do it right now. So. You know, and I feel like, so I've been motivated to investigate them, but not motivated to watch them because I get to them and I read the description and I'm like, oh, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Really? <laughs> what do I yeah, mean? They're not all, like downers. I don't know. I not watched all um, of them, but yeah. go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, I watched The Sound of Metal and that was, I don't, I don't want to call it a downer per se, but it, it's about a um a heavy metal drummer who loses his hearing so that that i guess you know like that's sad but it becomes kind of an empowering thing but um the trial of chicago seven that was really good um, that was amazing i lived through that so now you know how old i am <laughs> it wasn't that long ago in the grand scheme of things remember a historic event like <laughs> i was there and i lived in chicago so it was like we were watching that unfolding in front of us thinking this can't possibly be happening there's mm. just no way in the United States of America, in my city, this is happening. Yeah. It's an unusual time. Yeah. Yeah. It also reminds you that we go up and down in history. The, the things we're going through today <laughs> have occurred at some other time as well. This isn't the only time ever that there have been protests or challenges or unfair scenarios, right? We just yeah. keep going. Yeah. And it's just amazing to me that Sasha Baron Cohen is, you know, the star of a movie that is seriously being considered for Best Picture at the Oscars. So, <laughs> would agree. Well, that makes a good actor, right? When you can play any role. Yeah. Absolutely. God. How about you? Um, I'm actually I, I finished the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I mean, with the exception of the last like two, I, I still have to get Spider Man from the library and watch Wanda Vision eventually but I'll you know the infinity war that piece is over so now I'm I went back and I started to binge the um Star Wars like from the beginning like the the okay so I always it's say the original one, two, three, I know but but I'm not talking about a new hope and empire and Jedi I'm the the prequels the ones Kate that came is out going later. in chronological order thank you not chronological not chronological order of their release but right. chronological order within the timeline of the Star Wars movies. So episode one, two, three, and then solo, Rogue One, four, five, six, seven, eight. Thank nine, you for explaining that to the audience because <laughs> yeah. I couldn't, I could not speak that clearly. Um, and anyway, it's leading to a lot of really fun and interesting questions. Like, uh, so after Padme has Luke and Leia, they have to split up the babies to keep them safe, and they tell Vader that the babies died or whatever that they didn't make it. They were never and born in the first place. They were never born in the first place, right. Yeah. Um, and Leia's adoptive family, the dad is Senator Organa. And so I'm texting Vinny. I'm like, so how is she Princess Leia if her father's just a politician? And Vinny could not give me a sufficient answer, so I had to go. Yeah, I'm a huge Star Wars geek, and I, I even I was like, I don't know. <laughs> they never really works. get into that in the movies. When you come from Hollywood, you can do anything. <laughs> Basically, yeah, that's exactly right. The senator married a, uh, a queen, and so he was uh, like Prince Philip, like uh, a prince consort. And the woman had all the power, and so she was the queen, and that's why Princess Leia is a princess. Makes perfect sense. There's a real sense. reason. Yeah. Perfect sense to me. Anyway, that's what I'm thinking. It still doesn't I'm... make a lot of sense to me in the sense of, like, why are they royalty but still fighting for democracy? Like, I don't know. Maybe if they have something like Yeah. Okay, so like England then. Right. It was a kind of monarchy, <laughs> a benign situation, right? Right, mm -hmm. right. England fought World War II fighting for democracy, right? Okay, I'll get that. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ah, I love winning an argument against them. 
<laughs> it's not really an argument. I, in my head, I don't really understand. You know what it is? Okay, so when I was young, they made all kinds of books and comic books and video games about Star Wars that kind of filled in a lot of those gaps. And then when Disney bought them, they erased all of that. They said, like, and only the movies count now. None of that is, you know, a thing at all. So it's like everything I knew, this whole lifetime accumulated knowledge of Star Wars just got wiped off the board. I had to start over. So uh, now you know what it feels like. I play my life for a time to start over with that. So. <laughs> now but, you know, Vinny, what it feels like to get old. Because all those things I learned <laughs> that I thought were so brilliant, my grandchildren run rings around me with all kinds of new information that I have no clue about what they're doing. So some days, you know, your whole generation gets wiped out. True. 100% true. It so, all started when my son had to program the VCR. From there on, it was steadily downhill. And he was like nine. You know? <laughs> on that note, tell us what you do for SovoCo. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do for SovoCo? That's a great question. Now, now that I wiped out my memory, I, am, I began my career there as the chief um, marketer, marketing officer. And after about um, 10 years, uh, Alan Sobel and I were talking. He said, really, what you are is our chief growth strategist. It's more than marketing and branding and communication. It's actually driving business and creating a reputation in the community that helps us to continue on a growth platform. And over, over time, it almost became sort of like an ambassador role. It's like, you're just out there. You're out there. You love it. And that's what I am. So I've sort of made my own path, made my own role created a title that I thought fit for me and the things I'm doing for the firm. It's a little eclectic, but basically I have the fabulous opportunity of being present in the communities we serve on behalf of our firm. You are the How's about the firm? It's amazing. I mean, and I was the first woman partner and the first non-chargeable partner in a firm, of course, anyone would know professional services, lawyers, accountants, and others. Um, make a living by charging for their time. And so that would be an important characteristic to have in your career, and I don't. I'm not billable. And so it shows the kind of firm that we are, that they thought that was so valuable and important to the success of the organization that they raised me to that status. And it was really uh, a proud moment for me and amazing in general that they would ab were able to let me do what I like doing. That's incredible. You are the face of Sobelco, and it's clear whenever anybody sees you out there that you do love it. Like you thrive on on the people, and you're good at it. And everybody who knows you, and I feel like everybody in New Jersey knows you now. Probably people way outside of New Jersey know you, but if they know you, they know that it's Sobelco, and uh, you have embraced that role to such an extent that it. I feel like you're just one and the same, and it's incredible to watch you work a room and to just, I don't know, watch you move in the world. You know what I mean? And I think the fun part of that, Kate, is I don't feel like I'm working a room. Right, I'm exactly. Just meeting, you know, if I was working the room, it would be very disingenuous or insincere. And I love the firm and I love being in the community. So they go together in a meaningful way. Yeah, yeah, no, you're Amen. totally right. It's like, it doesn't even feel like networking, I think, to watch you do it. Making friends. Yeah, you're just, yeah, that's what I like to think of it too. Yeah, I'm just out there making friends. Yeah. Um, you started an executive women's group at Sobel. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. 
So when I first started, um, I had said to Alan Sobel, I was thinking of perhaps creating a women's group. It, it's um, over 16 years ago now, so things were a little bit different. And um, he has a wife and three daughters and two dogs that were female. So he always, you know, it was like, I'm surrounded by women. I get it. He's completely sympathetic and empathetic to the um, point of having everyone have equal opportunities with then or now. But um, he kind of tongue in cheek said, uh, well, do we, are we going to have a man's group? And I said, well, maybe. So the next time that we did a networking scenario and invited a group in with some bankers, some attorneys, everyone joined together. I had been at the firm about six or eight months. And um, not so coincidentally, they were mostly men in the room uh, because that's who was in those roles of leadership at the time. And uh, when they left, Alan said, oh, we guess we just had the, man's, the, male, the men's group. And I said, yes, we did. And he said, every group feels like it's a men's networking group. And I said, yes, you're right. He got it instantly. And so we began the program. We did it six times a year, every other month. It evolved from being in our office with about 30 people. And Eileen Scott was our first speaker ever. She had just stepped down that month as the CEO of Pathmark, having sold to a private equity company that ultimately sold to A&P. And so she had a lot of interesting stories to tell. And we didn't, I didn't know anybody in a role like that, a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. So it was just great to have her. And from there, in a very short time, we outgrew it moved out across the street and literally have to Eisenhower corporate campus and, and literally had about 200 people as COVID was just hitting every single time. And we evolved, we created a nonprofit component and have had podcasts. We've had town halls with Michelle. We've had a variety of different platforms, just had an absolutely great time creating different programs over the course of the years. I think it's 16 years was our last anniversary in uh, 20. Just now, actually in 2021, 16 years. That's incredible. Yeah, and I feel like every sorry, every time I attend, it's it's a really, really good mix of people that I know and brand new faces that I get to meet. So I love that it's it's such a, a, a diverse group. We work at that. You know, we reach out and include people and, and invite them and say, we'd love to have you join us. And it's just been a really rewarding experience and what I appreciate the most is the incredible support I have that we have from the whole firm so it isn't Sally's program it's Sobelco's program I'm not buying their breakfast I'll just tell you right now <laughs> and um, all of the partners men and women of course now over the course of so many years we have many women partners and many women in leadership roles in our firm things have definitely shifted but there's so so much support for continuing to talk about that and and the more that you know DEI rises to the surface and the more we talk about um, equity and diversity and, and, and inclusion, of course, the more obvious it becomes that this is a great program for us to invest in. Completely agree. Speaking of, of Sobel, tell us a little bit about, I don't think we've said, like Sobel is not a law firm. Tell us right. <laughs> what is Sobel doing? No, to, to my knowledge either. We, no, we I do. I'm the, big, I, I'm the champion, but what, do I, what am I championing of, right? So it is a CPA firm, Certified Public Accountants and Business Advisors, started in 1956 uh, by Bernie Sobel. Alan Sobel is our managing partner. And uh, we have about 16 or 17 partners now. We have about 160 people. So it has grown considerably from Bernie Sobel's start over 60 years ago. But one thing that Bernie said when we hit our 50th anniversary when I interviewed him was his biggest goal was to make sure no client ever outgrew the firm. 
so that the firm kept evolving and growing and strengthening and expanding its capabilities as the clients themselves grew and became more sophisticated. You start with an entrepreneur, all of a sudden you have a seasoned business and someone has maybe three locations that have different needs, different expectations, and we are able to address those. We have a fraud and forensic group, business valuation. So we have also expanded not only geographically as a footprint, but also the kinds of services that we offer the more sophisticated tax services and uh, we've everything from bookkeeping to an audit and in anything in between. So we're very proud of the organization and yet it never lost its family feel. So I've been in other firms that are more institutional feeling or a little more formal and we've always had that, that warmth that people can just sense when they walk in and the um, staff feels that toward each other as well as toward the clients who can't fake it and people know it. We also have a very strong focus on the nonprofit community, along with our traditional for-profit, middle market, family-owned clients. And I think that also um, gives us a different perspective when you're deeply engaged with um, nonprofits. I, I, okay, so I, first of all, I agree with everything you just said. And second of all, I, I want to Good. tell a story, tell a tale on you, sort of, but to illustrate the point. So um, I think you know this, but Vinny and I, also know Courtney Villani. Courtney was a, a guest on the show. She's one of my closest friends in the world. She and I have a standing Saturday morning Zoom call. And that was one of our most fun episodes because I spent that inside a ball pit. <laughs> yes, it was so much fun. So anyway, Courtney and I were on the phone. We were on a Zoom probably four or five weeks into the pandemic and uh, we were talking about what we were going to do. And she said, I honestly just can't wait to get back to this book that I'm reading. And I said, oh, well, you know, I love books. I'm a reader what book are you reading? And she said, it's called A Gentleman in Moscow, and I cannot put it down. And I said, that sounds interesting. I'm, I need to learn more about this. Where did you come across this book? And she said, Sally Glick told me about it. And I said, you know Sally? And she said, everybody knows Sally, and it's the best book I've ever read. It makes me love her even more. So then I went to get that book, and I couldn't believe how much I loved it. And so just so that you can see how Sally connects the entire world, it's amazing. <laughs> well, all I know is I read that book, and I want to know, where's that guy? Right, I'm looking for that guy. Right? Sign me up. <laughs> Moscow. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I knew that you know Courtney, but she is not only a client but a dear friend. Yeah. And uh, I'm fortunate enough because my grandchildren live everywhere but New Jersey, so I get pictures of the baby. I'll say, "Where's the Easter pictures? Where's the Christmas pictures? Where's his birthday?" Yep. And uh, I get to enjoy him here, and it's been nice for both of us. I agree. I agree. He is the, the the most adorable, and his hair just gets even bigger and curlier every time I see it. I, I love it. The other day, it is out of control. <laughs> now I saw the Easter pics. Shout out yeah, to Courtney Milano. <laughs> Did you see him walking with the with the uh, carton of eggs? She's yeah. like, he picked the only carton that wasn't hard boiled, and he was walking around with his eggs. That's but gutsy. he had any he wanted that wouldn't matter, but he wanted those eggs. Oh my God, it was adorable. Yeah, maybe we should, I'll try to get the picture so that we can share them if we uh, put this up on YouTube because it's just adorable. <laughs> he is adorable. Oh. She'll be thrilled. He was on LinkedIn one day. She, I put him on my LinkedIn. He, she had sent me a quick picture of him watching a Sobo Zoom uh, during early in, um, we were talking about PPP. It was early on in um, the pandemic and she was watching, he was sitting on her lap and she was showing me that he's watching, you know, Sobo. So when she sent me the picture, I immediately put it on LinkedIn and said, we appeal to all ages. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All those family start with the youngest in the family. We're here for you. 
That's exactly Best right. That's the same way. All right. I think we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to play a game. And we are back, and it's now time to play a game, Awful or Awesome, uh, which today is brought to you by Prime Point, HRMS, and Payroll. I'm going to name three things, and you have to decide quickly if they're awful or awesome, and be prepared to defend your answers. Are we ready? Ready. Okay. First up, vaccine line jumpers. And just in case someone finds this 10 years from now, <laughs> what I'm talking about <laughs> is that the COVID vaccine is now available, but there isn't a lot of it. So the governors have decided to who to make eligible first, second, third, whatever. Uh, so for example, I'm not eligible yet, but on you know, is it April 19th, everyone in New Jersey 16 and older will be eligible. But there are some people who are not eligible who are somehow circumventing the system in order to get it. And I'm curious, like my, I'll go first just to rip the bandaid off. My gut reaction is, who do these people think they are? And my second reaction is, I'm really glad that they're not anti-vaxxers. I guess if they have to be obnoxious, I'd rather shots than arms, I guess. <laughs> That's where I think. What do you guys think? So I think it's um, awesome only because everyone has to have it anyway. And it has been hard to sign up. And if someone can figure out how to get signed up and get the shot, get the shot. We're going to all benefit by the more people that have it. If I'm going into the grocery store and you've had the shot and you've had two weeks, you know, two, two and you've had the two weeks in between and you're now um, a safer person for me to be near, it's fine with me. What I want to say is those young people who are figuring out the system and are helping senior citizens and others who can't. I've had enormous numbers of people tell me that they have friends and their friends' children are helping them figure out how to get the appointments, which I think is amazing. Yeah, I love that. And a couple actually, of churches I know a couple. Yes, no, there's um, I have a friend whose goddaughter is a coder, like in the IT world, and so she created something called Vaccine Fairies to help connect people with with appointments, and it's apparently working really great. So I'm I'm really grateful. It's a great Facebook page too that has been, I guess, working for people. But a friend's daughter got my appointments for me. Just completely honest, I have to tell you. Uh, no, I'm glad. I'm really, really glad. Yeah. So like I said, you know, my initial reaction is, how oh, very dare they. And, you know, my, my end reaction, of course, is, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> ben, what do you think? I, I kind of feel the same way. The, the, the initial reaction is just like, what? And then you think about it, and I, I think as a society, and I, I don't mean New Jersey specifically, but as like an American society, we're not really known for being considerate people. So, you know, like it, it's been like this since the beginning. Like if the masks protected you, I'm sure everyone would wear it. But, you know, because you have to be considerate for someone else, it's a whole fight. So it's kind of like the same thing, you know, like if, if you are the kind of person who's going to jump the line and do whatever, you know, then maybe you're the kind of person who I want to have that vaccine because you might be doing inconsiderate things in general that would put people at risk. So, you yeah. know, they've been talking about this a lot with the college students now, you know, like everybody's going off to spring break and it's like, how quickly can we get them vaccinated before they do inconsiderate things to everyone <laughs> else in the towns they visit? You know, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right. Next up is pet insurance. And I mentioned this because we all three of us have pets and, you know, they get sick and, Somebody once told me that they swore by the pet insurance that they took out, and I thought, what am I missing here? So I, I don't know if it's awful or awesome, but recently somebody told me that it was a scam.
scam. So now I'm thinking it's awful. What do you guys think? I do. Th I have a dog, and I do think it's awful. Um, I noticed I started when I got them that I would have it because I never had it with previous pets, and I went with the one that several veterinarians recommended. And I noticed solely as I was watching my credit card statement, which I usually don't do because I'm too lazy, uh, that the premium was going up. So I called to ask, and there was some kind of strange explanation. And I waited about a month, and I canceled and said, you know, due to COVID, I have to cut back on my priorities, whatever, and I'm canceling. And I feel like it doesn't either doesn't cover enough. Anything I sent in was rejected, and I was shocked that there was actually an increase in the fees I owed. And I decided potentially, even though it was a well-known group and vets had recommended it, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Give that's, me all the veterinarians out there. No, that's exactly what a friend of mine said recently. She said that she took it out on her dog, um, but every claim starts the deductible over. So if, if the dog had like a... Um, I don't even know, a, a cold, you pay in for the deductible. And then if it has like a rash, that's a different deductible. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I found it really too confusing. Yeah. I'm easily confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I have a dog, and um, I guess I just don't know enough about it. Like, I, I've always thought about it because when you hear about the vet bills for when something really goes wrong, I mean, they're astronomical, and it puts you in this position where – you have to make tough choices and you know you'd, you'd hate to do that you know you'd hate to be thinking about that kind of thing if you could just be protected it'd be great but then everybody who has it is always telling me stuff like oh yeah none of this is ever covered and I'm, it's just, what's the point? I think what you could do if you really if you really wanted to is put aside that premium let's say it's $95 a month 55 just put it in a little savings account and yep. heaven forbid if you get into that well we have to operate it's cancer we have to do this we have to do that and you're going to have a Five thousand or six thousand dollar bill. Well, you've got the money hiding in a little account somewhere, and it's yeah. your money. I'm not disciplined yeah. enough to do that, but I would give you that <laughs> advice. <laughs> there are just so many things in your life that they tell you to do that for that eventually it's just like how many of those exactly. little funds? College, you education, your dog, you know, little things. Uh huh. Yeah. All right. Last up, uh, pink Himalayan salt, as in we only use pink Himalayan salt to cook with. Somebody said that to me recently, and I was like, really? I almost want you to shout out the name, but I won't make you do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I, I I've never even heard that. of that. Like, really? I know that they put that in the salt lamps. Himalayan, I have seen yeah. it. Yeah. My son I, I, was I, here. I didn't know you could cook with it. I don't know. I, yeah. Well, you can't decorate with it. It's like salt. <laughs> you can decorate with it. Well, they, like I said, they put it in the lamps. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's the the practical Midwesterner in me who's just like, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, do not even. Well, when um, I had some surgery, and my youngest son is an amazing chef, and he came to take care of me, so I ate very well. And he bought um, fine um, sea salt, kosher sea salt, sure. which I usually just buy, you know, Morton salt. What do I know? And right. so he kind of tricked me into that, and it does have a different consistency a bit, and it's more flavorful, I believe, but nonetheless, um, it's not pink. <laughs> Same. Not I, have a, I, have a, I have a bag. <laughs> I have a sea salt grinder as well, and I, I really, really like it, but I don't need the, the fancy pink stuff. I think that might be. I'm sure you could just dye it pink with food coloring or something. <laughs> <laughs>
kind of sticks together when you do this to me. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned on a, a previous episode of the show when we were talking about the salt lamps, like we bought one because it looked cute. Like we weren't trying to get any of the, you know, they, they tell you about the, the I don't want to call it mystical, but like the, the things that the salt lamp does. We didn't believe in any of that. We just, you know, we thought the lamp looked cute. and We put it in like the corner somewhere. Um, randomly, one day we had some flowers that, you know, somebody got for, I think it was either my wife or my daughter. And we put them next to the salt lamp and, you know, you forget about it. And something like four or five months later, I'm like, how are those flowers still alive? So I don't know if it was a salt lamp or I don't know if it was just like whatever, but those flowers led an unnaturally long existence. <laughs> it is. Did you notice the daisies listening? <laughs> they do say that it purifies the air. Like it's a very good natural way to get rid of bad energy and bring in good energy and clean air. I don't know. Pretty. Yeah. In general, I, I don't believe in any of that stuff, but I'm just saying those flowers led an unnaturally long post-life <laughs> next to that lamp. So who knows? The florist could I'm gonna be find out one day. I'm going to go home and tell my wife about this. She's going to be like, oh, yeah, those were plastic. <laughs> but, <laughs> <Exactly>. Silk. <laughs> that would be funny. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's the game which was brought to us by Prime Point. Thank you very much. Prime Point HR, MS, and Payroll, by the way. So Sally, tell us if there's anything you'd like to promote coming up at SoboCo. Thank you for that opportunity. Um, there's necessarily something for particular coming up. I so appreciate that. We all do. Um, but I would recommend that um, whether you're in a for-profit or a nonprofit business that you check out SoboCoLLC.com. Our website not only has an enormous amount of resources and great articles, chats, blogs, and information, but we also have a page devoted um, to COVID, as so many also have, but with programs that we're doing, webinars that we're doing, and um, video casts that we're doing so that people have current information um, immediately as well as ongoing good business advice. So I would say um, check out our events page. We also have community events, so when NJBIA has its women's conference, uh, that will be on the Sobel events calendar for the community, but we do try really hard to um, let everyone know what's going on around New Jersey. So thank you for that opportunity to visit our website. Absolutely. You guys have done a phenomenal job of producing content related to COVID-19 and PPP and just all kinds of information. It's been incredible to watch you guys put that out. Thank you. It's been a challenge. I mean, I, I remember Alan Sobel saying the first week, it feels like a fire hose. There's just so much every day that you, we were publishing things that were wrong the next day and then we had to correct them and then three days later there was something else it was a steady stream of never-ending change and new information and, and people wanted to know but you know you're kind of waiting you think it's right on Thursday and by Friday morning there's already an added to it so yeah it's but, been one uh, of the truly frustrating things really about the last year yeah yes. just a tad frustrating <laughs> We said that constantly, though. This time last year, it was like drinking from a fire hose. I can't, I can't tell you how many times I said that to, to Vin and other colleagues. And co it was just cute. And I was going to take out a trademark on that. I thought Alan was the only one who said that. Darn. Oh my God, that one and pivot. We're all pivoting. Remember pivot? Nobody's pivot. I've heard like a million times. It's an unprecedented <laughs> conversation about pivoting. We got it all out at once, and you're done. Seriously. Oh my gosh. Sally, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Uh, any way they want, they can email me at sally.glick at sobelcollc.com. 
they can call me at 973-879-4236. Um, and they could text that number as well. So email, probably the easiest and the best. But um, we're not, I'm not currently in the office, so I'm, I'm working uh, remotely, and that 973 number would be the one to reach me. All right. I think that that's our show. This has been spectacular. Thank you to our listeners, especially the subscribers. We so appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp, so check them out. And finally, thank you to Sally Glick of Sobel Co. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I couldn't have had more fun. I love it. I was very jealous that other colleagues of mine had made it to the show, and I was on the wrong side of the camera. So thank you for putting me on this side. Hey, technically so speaking, you were in that episode that we went live with. You were the one that introduced us. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly, I did. <laughs> but uh, this is fun. It's really it's wonderful what you do. And we continue to be thrilled to have a membership and to be up to, up to going all the programs you produce, talk about programs and amazing work that you do for the state. So we're glad to be connected. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye, everybody.